0: And to be your Lord, and send down my life to guide us, for we are weak and afraid, and we lack knowledge. There is no one to hear your plea, no one to answer you, no one to ease your suffering. Lord,
1: have mercy upon us.
2: Hey, hey,
1: welcome to the NY Patriot Show. Here we delve deep into the abyss, covering topics such as occultism, spirituality, secret societies, conspiracies, and the unknown. Join us in trying to put these pieces together and figuring all this shit out. The NY Patriot Show. Uh, today, I have a very special guest, uh, somebody I always love having on, um, one of my favorite returning guests, too. I have the OG, the original gangster of this shit. We got the odd man out today. Uh, odd man, you want to say what's up to everybody?
2: Hey, man. <laughs> thanks for having me on. I've been looking forward to this, and... uh well, definitely. I don't know, man. That's, it's going to be a fun show. I know it is. I, I know that with this subject, it's kind of... Um, controversial but uh i think we're gonna have some some real fun with this
1: oh yeah no i, I definitely think so and i know i've had like you even mentioned i had adam on too long ago um i thought that was a great show but you know maybe i i don't he's very one particular view you know what i'm saying and i right, think there's a little right. bit more to it so i think this will be a completely different show as well and i'm, I'm really, i think
2: so man I think so. Uh, I listened to that. That was a good show. And I honestly, I've only seen like two of his shows in the past. I knew who he was, but um, but it was interesting for me to listen to that because I was already studying this and I was like, okay, it's kind of cool to get somebody else's perspective.
1: Yeah, yeah, I thought so. And uh, I don't want to forget my, uh, my favorite co-host, part-time co-host. <laughs> We also have um, my favorite Canadian, Italian-Canadian is also uh, (laughs) my uh, co-host on uh, Spirit. Well, I'm her co-host, really. It's her show, Spiritual Gangsters. (laughs) So, Teresa, you want to just say what's up and let everybody know about your show as well?
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, what's up? Not much is up, but I do have a show with you called The Spiritual Gangsters as well. So that's been fun. It's pretty new, but um, I think we've had some great talks on there. We had like a real banger episode come out this past Monday with uh, Zachary King. That was pretty cool. And I think I've been getting a lot of good feedback on that. So guys, should check it out if you haven't already. For sure. It's a wild it's a wild one. Let's put it that way.
1: You know, and you know what's really weird that I just saw pop up on this? Odd Man, are you on Are you on Facebook?
2: Yeah. Have you yeah. been
1: banned or anything?
2: I haven't. No, but I'm like my odd, odd cast. Page has been limited, like the audience is severely limited, so I barely do anything with it. I still do stuff on my personal page, but
1: it's telling me don't get much attention. (laughs) I normally stream to Facebook, and it's literally telling me right now uh, that it's failed to post, and it's saying the username, the odd man out, your contact, and your content uh, cannot be shared because of community standards. (laughs) Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that's- so I'm like, it has anything yeah. to do with his name? Or I'm wondering, like, has my Facebook actually been taken down or something? That's not good. So yeah, I gotta check that out afterwards. But I was wondering, I was like, maybe Odd Man's name triggered something. <laughs> did he get banned? It probably did. It probably did. <laughs> that's fucked up. But all right. So uh yeah. So um today this morning, uh yeah, we're gonna be talking about Zionism. Um, yeah, it's a topic that I actually, believe it or not, don't know much about, so that's why I'm having you on again, because I want to hear a different perspective about it, and uh, I'm pretty sure the uh, the listeners will enjoy it as well. So uh, I guess without further ado, we'll just get going. Um, oh, and first too, if you want, I mean, I'm sure anybody who's listened to my show already knows who the hell you are, but just in case people don't, you want to just let everybody know who you are and tell them where they can find you I already, put your links in the show notes for YouTube, but just if you want, let everybody know.
2: Yeah, man, thank you. So I do a show called The Oddcast featuring the odd man out. And I just talk, kind of talk about a lot of different things, New World Order kind of stuff. I kind of get into esoteric stuff. I, I The Secret Societies is kind of more my mm. kind of, I wouldn't say expertise, but I, I enjoy that more than anything, I think. Um, so I kind of consider this, this kind of subject sort of a secret society because they're oh, so... yeah. It's very little known, you know, but, uh, yeah, if people want to check out, I, I try to look into some of the classical conspiracies and kind of go a little bit deeper than like some of the classic conspirators or a uh, classic uh, hosts did. I try to like, see, okay, what can we prove that's true? Cause I, I love conspiracies, but you know, there are like in, with any conspiracy, there's all kinds of stuff that people will make up, you know? just like everything else. So you kind of really have to parse through a lot of stuff to find out yeah. what's provable and what's not. So that's kind of what I try to do. So if people are interested in that, please check it out.
1: Yeah. And you said it'd probably be a long series too, right?
2: Yeah. This one i, I I'm dropping number three tonight oh and it's my. all about the Rothschilds and their part in the creation of the modern state of Israel, which is a huge Ooh. part. Uh, but um, yeah, it's just going to go on and on. I think because I, the, the amount of notes that I have and I just keep buying more books about it. So I'm I'm all about it. So it's so interesting to me because this is such a huge subject, you know, and um, it's almost forbidden to even talk about anymore, you know, but like if you look through like old newspaper, uh, like headlines, even the New York Times, you see Zionism come up all the time. So it was not a kind of a forbidden term back in the day, you know, and I think that just came about maybe in the last 20 years or so you see like uh, people on both the left and the right coming out with like legislation where you can't say anything about, basically you can't say anything about anything the Israelis are doing without being labeled an anti-Semite, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's the Israeli government, the Israeli corporations, different things like that. So yes. um, it's really becoming one of those subjects that's. All but forbidden to talk about. I think it will eventually be completely outlawed to say anything negative. And I'm a, you know, I'm a Christian. I, you know, I've, I've said that in the past and I grew up in this, um, I grew up Protestant and it was kind of like you believed that you always took Israel's side, you know, that's kind of like what we believed. That was kind of like what we were taught. It was never really, never really heard that specifically, but it was just a given,
0: I've noticed that, like, in, okay, so I'm from Canada, right, and raised Catholic, but I never found that we were pushed that way. I don't know if that's, like, an American Christian thing, but I noticed that the last few years, uh, based off of accounts I've followed on social media, like, a lot of the Christian accounts are very pro-Israel, and I'm like, that is very interesting. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's, like, an American thing or what,
2: but... I think it is an English and American thing. I mean, more mm-hmm. American, I think. But uh, it kind of goes back to, from what I can understand, this guy Darby, this this preacher. Uh, he he taught this dispensationalism, which basically means that we always take Israel's side; that they can do no wrong, basically. And then so. after him came um, Schofield, and they had he put these reference notes in the Bible in the King James version. And they were basically along the same lines of you always take Israel's side. They're the chosen ones, and you don't question that, and blah, blah, blah. And he was actually working with the uh, the British government, come to find out, and, and some of those early Zionists. So there's a great book called Schofield and his, Schofield and his book or something like that. But anyway, um, it, it explains all that, how he kind of uh, – I think he was probably getting paid to, to do that for this very reason. Cause the Zionists, uh, one thing I've learned is the organization at the very beginning was unbelievable. Oh, like,
0: yeah.
2: and, and yeah. they, they had money, uh, cause a lot of these European Jews, I mean, they, they were bankers and lawyers and different things like that, just like they are today. Uh, and they had the money to put behind Zionism, you know, so it became a very powerful movement pretty quickly. And, um, I virtually knew nothing about it when I started looking into it. Um, I kind of got interested about it a few years ago when I I think it was vigilant citizen, you know, the website, Mm -hmm. uh, he, he puts out this sinister series or sinister sites series. So he'll have, you know, like these different places and he'll talk about the esoteric meaning behind some of the symbolism and stuff like that. I think he did one with, um, about Rockefeller center and, um, Numerous ones, but he did one about the Israeli Supreme Court, and I clicked on it started looking at it, and, uh, you know, their Supreme Court is very kind of Masonic looking, Uh and in the center is a big pyramid that sticks up in the middle, and it has a window just like the all-seeing eye. That has nothing to do with Judaism, so I'm like, what's up with that, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's even kind of got a greenish color a little bit, like the dollar bill, and the rest oh, of the wow. building is, is, is more light-colored. Then there's an obelisk outside. It's a miniature obelisk, probably about maybe 15 feet or something like that. Again, nothing to do with Judaism. Um, but then you start looking into that building, and it's like, wow, this is, this is very interesting. Like, there's this... Um, stream of water that goes right through the center of the building on the outside Oh wow! and it ends into this circle and right there above it is this black stone that's probably want to say 15 feet or 15 inches to 20 inches high maybe maybe a little bit bigger it's hard to tell and uh, maybe i don't know 10 inches wide but it's this beautiful huge almost onyx-like black stone that's very shiny. What? <laughs> and, of course, you have Black Rock and Black yeah. Stone, yeah, And yeah. those guys are, you know, like um, Larry Fink, Jewish. They, they, they even, you know, Black Rock owns everything. They even said, I read an article a while back that said uh, that when Black Rock was first getting going, they called Larry, Larry's, like, entourage that worked with him Little Israel. And then the uh, Black Stone came it's, it was a subsidiary of black rock and it's uh steven schwartzman started it and he's also jewish of course and he was a skull and bones guy um so it's just kind of funny you keep running into like you know is that connected to the stone that the, the masons talk about because mm-hmm. if you look into the uh, rothschild's family archive they talk about how they've been in masonry for years uh, you know so they're pretty open about it. it doesn't have a lot in there about it but uh, there is down the stairwell, it looks like the Vesica of Pisces. Oh. I mean, it's just this perfect shape down the stairwell. They have these big pomegranates outside. What? Yeah, I mean, it goes on and on, and, and it's like nobody talks about this stuff. Yo, even and, Israel and Rigardi child, has
1: a book called God. The Pomegranate. I
2: mean. Yeah, I saw that, and I read a couple of, um, in, in my latest episode, I read a couple of quotes from, I think, uh, Albert Pike and Manly P. Hall on the symbolism of pomegranates. And I'm like, well, this is not an, by chance, you know. No um, way. I'm leaving some other stuff out, but it's a very interesting building if anybody wants to look into it. But it was built by the Rothschilds. It was donated by the, the Rothschilds to Israel. Of course it was. Yeah. <laughs> so. I wonder if they donate can,
1: money to the the temp- uh, the Mormon temples that have the all-seeing eye above them. Like, are they so, fucking that? Yeah. Probably. Because like even their temples, I think above a lot of their doors, they have the all-seeing eye there. Like, what is that? I mean, yeah, and a beehive, and a beehive on the doorknob.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um That's But yeah, you know, started looking, you know, into this recently, and um I was like, wow, you know, uh, I saw this video of Lord Jacob Rothschild talking about how his family helped create the modern state, and he's very proud of it, and which you know, which is fine and dandy and everything, but just made me want to look into even more. And so if you look into, uh, I think his name was Benjamin D. Rothschild, and he came from the French Rothschilds, and he started putting money into Palestine at the time, which was under the Ottoman Empire. The Turks ran it, you know, and um, he started secretly buying land in Palestine. And at the time, this was like mid to late 1800s, there's only like 2% Jews there. It was like 10, 15% Christians. And then the rest were Arabs and Muslims. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it, it was, it was kind of a secret thing at first. And then he started bringing more and more Jews over there to cultivate the lands. And they would not allow any Arabs anymore to, to work on the lands. It was like forbidden once, once he took those lands, it was you know, Jews only. And, uh, but you know, That was his property, I guess. So he had the right to do that. But uh, they eventually started to acquire more and more land like that over time. And um, they kind of, uh, they had this, like some of the the Turks that owned that land hadn't lived on it in a long time. They just owned it, uh, some of the more wealthy ones. And so they somehow (laughs) made a law to where it would be like $50,000 for the Turks to to keep the land like this, this crazy amount per year, um, and so
1: some property taxes right there by
2: by, by like acre, like you oh. know, I'm not sure exactly the the the, the amount of acreage because they don't call it acres; they call it something else. But um, anyway, so eventually they the the Arabs they started selling the land, and so uh, that's kind of how it all started. And in the meantime. There was all kinds of stuff happening here in the United States and in England where they were trying to, uh, a lot of these, like Zionists, were working secretly in the governments trying to persuade England and America to help bring about the modern state. And, you know, eventually they were able to get it done, but there was a lot of things happening in between. Um, There was a lot of... Blackmail. Eventually, of course, um, <laughs> uh, they actually. Uh, well, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but uh, one of the Rockefellers, uh, I'm forgetting his name now. The, the Nelson Rockefeller, you know, he he had ran for president, mm-hmm. and um, they had petitioned him to help form the modern state at one point, and he didn't really want to do it, and they kind of said, "Well, we're going to tell." that the Rockefellers through standard oil have been selling the Nazis fuel. If you don't do that, we're going to spill the beans. And, uh, you know, he's like, they kind of forced his hand. So he was so influential through the UN and whatnot that he helped get it done. But he actually kind of turned around and kind of uh, blackmailed the the Zionists as well. It was kind of Mm. like a double blackmail there because he made a stipulation. Okay, I will help you but we're going to allow a bunch of these Nazis to not be tried in the Nuremberg trials. They're going to get away to, uh, uh, to, um, South America, different place. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they're, they're going to be able to get away. So that, that was kind of the, uh, the deal because he was so close with Alan Dulles and a lot of these guys that had been helping the Nazis. So, uh, there was kind of a double, double blackmail there. But, um, uh, yeah, it, it's a wild, wild story, and uh, the original Zionists were not even. Most of them were not even religious. In fact, mm-hmm. they believed at the time, and some, a lot of the Orthodox Jews still believe this, that it's actually it was an it would be a sin to force your way into a land by the point of a gun. They believed that God would eventually. Um, restored the land but everybody would be able to enjoy it almost like a almost like it would be heaven to yeah, them. Utopia. Uh yeah so like you know they believe in the six hundred and thirteen Talmudic laws and eventually everybody will be reincarnated to the point where they follow the laws and then we can all go to heaven and almost like Israel is um, almost like a, a paradise you know. Yeah. Whether that's up in, in the you know somewhere in the heavens or an actual place here on earth, it's not exactly uh, like there's differences on what they believe about that. But, um, they no people didn't want to go over there early on, like Jews uh, from different parts of the world, because especially the ones that live here in America, they, they had had it pretty good here compared to most places. And so, you know, that they, they pay people now to go over there if you're Jewish, they'll pay you to go oh, to. Wow to live in Israel. Um, They were basically forcing them though, because, you know, some of the like FDR and some of the uh, different, a couple of different presidents wouldn't allow Jews to come over here for a time to get away from persecution and all that stuff. And so they kind of worked in the Zionist favor because they didn't want them to go anywhere but Palestine. In fact, they would block, they, they, Locked some of the legislation to keep Jews from getting to come to America because they only wanted to go to Palestine. And not only that, but this Theodore Herzl is the guy who's kind of credited with being the father of Zionism. He was a playwright and um, he was um, a newspaper columnist. And he kind of started the whole movement, or at least he's credited with it. And And the Rothschilds got behind him for a time. And he would go to all these places, but he was going to different places in the in the in the world, asking, "Can we get a place to have a Jewish homeland?" And uh, places like Guatemala, places in Africa, um, even Texas was a possibility. Yeah. Which would have been a lot better off if Texas, if they just let them go to Texas, because we <laughs> wouldn't have this Middle East war, you know, thing going right? on. But uh, yeah, and even like. And Herzl was actually, for all his faults, he was more reasonable than the Zionist organizations, like the World Zionist Organization and these different ones, because a couple of these places, they actually talked the leaders of the government into letting them move there. But then these organizations were like, no, we only want to go to Palestine. And there was even a couple of um, times where Herzl would kind of argue with them and see, like, they're, they're giving us this land. Why do we not take it? You know, so they believe that they wanted that land. And I think also there is, um, a lot of people don't realize, but, uh, it was very mineral rich in that land hmm. where the Dead Sea is and in that area. And so that I think was a huge thing. I think the Rothschilds realized too, that they, it was a potential money maker, and they were able to take, you know, over the utilities and all these different things eventually. And, uh, you know, like, uh, they basically just took over everything, especially after the uh, the wars that the first couple of wars there with the Arabs. They just ran the Arabs off and took everything they had, and you know that's been that way ever since.
1: Damn, that was nice. <laughs> yeah,
2: crazy.
1: That <laughs> too. Oh God, I was something I wanted to say earlier. And unfortunately, it's like going back, kind of backwards. But uh, you did mention something about like everything always being anti-Semitic. Um, I've offered wondered. I hate to say it, like I, I do think parts of World War II the propaganda was probably just as bad as what's going on with COVID and I do think oh, that yeah. uh, to a certain extent we things that happened in World War II I think were done on purpose just so you can say now you say anything about Jewish people you're anti-Semitic and you're a Hitler
2: mm-hmm. you know what I mean you
1: can't say a damn thing now because of World War II <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, it, there, there's even a few quotes by different Zionists who talked about that and said that this would work in their favor. There's even one I, I should have brought this up. Um, it's one of the main Zionists, and I don't remember if it's uh, David Ben Gurion or one of the first uh, PMs of Israel, but he even said that uh, you know the old people in uh, in Germany in different parts that were being killed by the Germans and the, and the Nazis, you know, that's, they're old. They don't really have anything to contribute. They need young people in Palestine. So it's just part of life. And, and they actually were blocking the legislation, you know, to, to help them out. Uh, even like things like aid and stuff like that. So there was this obsession with the land that is bigger than the religion. It's bigger than the politics. It's, it's, it's really strange. It's like, um, the land itself was like a graven image, is a graven image, I believe. So yeah. uh, that's very interesting, too.
1: Yeah, it makes that's you wonder about, playing. like, uh, is there anything special about that piece of property? Right. You know, any yeah. lay lines, or is it like, uh, could it be something like Skinwalker Ranch, where there might be like some sort of energy, a portal field, or something going on over there that might be useful mm-hmm. to some people? That's interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it is, and you know they have like there's different sects of Judaism. There's Reform Judaism, Conservative Judaism, which is mostly in the states, I think. Uh, you have the Orthodox Judaism, which there's different sects within Orthodox Judaism, the Hasids and mm-hmm. the different ones, and those guys on, on one you know on one hand they make a lot of sense because they're against Zionism, but on the other hand they get Deeply into the Kabbalistic kind of doctrines, and one thing I learned from um, this one—he he passed away a couple of years ago—but he was an Israeli uh, professor. I think he worked at Hebrew University. He was an activist, though. He he stood against the Zionism and and the especially the more fundamental parts of Judaism, like the Hasids and stuff like that. And he dedicated his whole life to just kind of exposing what they believe. And, um, you know, if you look into the Talmud, the Talmud is this huge, huge oh, yeah. commentary on the first five books of the Bible. Cause that's the, that's all that the Jews believe and they don't believe in the rest of the Bible. And, um, the Talmud is, it's just all these different rabbis over time commenting on what they think the Bible means. And that's where they get the 613 laws. And, It was a long time before the Talmud was ever translated into English. But if you can find the uncensored versions, there's a Sonsino version that's uncensored. You can find it online sometimes. Uh, It's got some wicked stuff in it. It's like the most legalistic, just uh, heartless kind of laws. Like I turned to one the other day at random, and it was talking about if a rabbi's daughter commits adultery is it better to burn her alive or cut her nose off or stone her Oh, wow! Wow. you know and then you'll see people like somebody will say something about one of these horrible things out of the talmud and then you know so somebody who's jewish will say oh that's that's a bad translation there or that's just some (laughs) anti-semitic person making that up but then you can go and find the uncensored versions yourself and you realize oh this is this is some horrible shit. This is horrible, you know? So, yeah. th- and another thing I learned too, uh, from, uh, Israel Shahak, the, uh, the professor I'm talking about, he says in there plainly when they, uh, teach, cause they go to these schools, they call yeshivas, And that's what they send their boys to. I think that they, they never sent the girls to school until the last, like maybe 30, 40 years, I think. But, uh, they barely teach them anything, but the yeshivas for the boys, They're supposed to be about Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible, but they don't really even talk about the Bible. They talk about the Talmud and and these commentaries on what these these rabbis thought it meant. And it's all kinds of stuff, you know. These rabbis go back and forth, and not all of it's bad. You know, some of it, there's some wisdom in that stuff. But, I mean, there's some really bad stuff towards Gentiles, towards women especially. There's... I was just going to ask, like, women really
1: aren't even, like, supposed to even be studying that stuff, right?
2: Exactly, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And you, and know mean, you know what's
1: weird? This almost reminds me, and again, to go back to the Mormonism, but I know you had even said maybe we could have talked about that too or whatever. But, uh, and like, even with yeah. the, the Bible that, that they have, I know Joseph Smith added stuff after it came out, but if you look at the stuff that he added, like, into that, I don't know how the fuck the people who were even following it could even be okay with it because like he ended up adding in some like really weird shit especially as like I think Book of Abraham. He goes into like mm-hmm. child sacrifice and Quetzalcoatl being Jesus Christ also it's a weird shit. What? Yeah, yeah, but it's like but then the people be like, "Oh, well that was added in afterwards." So like, you know, oh, we, you know, that was Joseph Smith was just losing his mind, the religion is still, oh, wow. you know. Same thing as like you were saying, you know, they make up excuses for it.
2: It is, man, especially, you know, it says in the Bible that you're not supposed to add or take away any any of the words. And if you were a true believer, you would obviously be like, oh, we can't be adding things in there because yeah. that would be, <laughs> nice. yeah, it's crazy. The Mormon thing is one of the craziest things I've ever looked into. I mean, just because it's so modern and how he was able to fool so many people. I mean, the guy had to be a genius. I mean, despite his... Uh, his craziness, he had to be a genius.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I think so. Yeah, or at least an a cult genius,
2: <laughs> you know.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to ask you, Oddman, so from your, like, research into the Talmud and stuff, I hear a lot of, like, conspiracy people talk about that they want to implement, like, the Noahide laws. Is that the same thing? Does that come from the yeah. Talmud? Okay.
2: Uh, yeah, it's uh, so the Noah So I, I mentioned that the the Jews under the Talmud have six hundred and thirteen laws they're supposed to obey, mm-hmm. and according to these Orthodox rabbis, you know, like I said before, you'll be reincarnated until you are able to follow the law perfectly, and then you'll become enlightened. Which I'm sure none of them have ever done ever, <laughs> you know. So, but I mean, they look up to these rabbis, especially throughout time. Like they are, I mean, there's literally they're higher than God. Like you look into the Zohar in different parts of the Talmud and stuff like that. And they talk about how God asks, like, like some of them chastise God and then God will ask them for advice on what to do, stuff like that. And I'm like, (laughs) and and they believe that these, some of these rabbis have been, been reincarnated into other rabbis. And so they collect all these writings and say, well, that was Rabbi Sneerson or, well, he's more of a modern guy. That was Rabbi Ben Yochai, reincarnated, is, is another rabbi and stuff like that. Wow. But, uh, yeah, so the 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 um, Noahide laws come out of the Talmud, and that's mm. like the seven laws for Gentiles. And I think every one of those laws call for uh, execution if you don't follow those <laughs> laws. Yeah. And so in, uh, I forget now, I want to say 92, 93, uh, George H.W. Bush signed. Yes those into law but supposedly it's just like a um like an honorary thing it's it's not actual law and the guy he was honoring was this rabbi sneerson i think his name's mendelson sneerson or mendel Mm sneerson and he's the guy who i think is uh, credited with starting the habad sect of judaism which is a a kind of like a hasidic sect or a, a orthodox sect it's the one that uh that uh, Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner belong to. And these guys are hardcore Mm. into Kabbalah and the mystical aspects of it. And they're also into these, like, this this Talmudic stuff. It's crazy if you start looking into it. Mm. So, uh, you know, it makes you wonder, because almost every time you see these Jewish guys pictured with the president in the Oval Office, it's the Chabad sect. Mm -hmm. And it's always the Orthodox sect. So these guys are a small percentage in Israel, a pretty pretty low percentage, but they have an extreme amount of political power. And they believe in these hardcore Talmudic laws that are just soulless, a lot of them. So it's pretty scary to think about.
1: Well, you, you know, I even want to... Uh Even from my own experience, I never got into, like, the Talmud or the Zohar, a little bit of the Sefer Yetzirah. But I know from my experience, um, and unfortunately, I never got into it because I really only wanted to focus on the Hermetic Kabbalah. I kind of wish I would have, like, done both. But from my experience in ceremonial magic, I mean, people that were huge in the Kabbalah, they read the Zohar, the Talmud, you know, all that stuff, because it does kind of tie in with Kabbalah. So, you know, you're talking about Ivanka Trump. I mean... I hate to say it, but the reason I think that she's probably into that is because they're into occultism. You know, mm-hmm. that's the part of the fucking, you know, some team somewhere. <laughs> you know?
2: Well, yeah. you know, there is uh, various rabbis I did on my last show in the Reformed and the, uh, in the Orthodox sects who believe, they talk about the uh, holy serpent, the holy snake, and they'll say that God is a holy serpent, Or they'll say that, uh, the Holy serpent is man's best friend, um, that on a certain day you can coax serpents to do your will. Hmm. Um, they talk about the, um, like there was this, uh, I always say his name wrong. I think it was, um, Gaon of Vilna. He was a rabbi. I think he was an Ashkenazi rabbi, if I'm not mistaken, but anyway, he wanted to get back to the Holy Land. This was way before. I think it was like 1600s, 1500s, and uh, I think he was the first one to talk about the Holy Snake, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, just some of the crazy, crazy things that they talk about in there. That's like, okay, where are you guys going with this, the <laughs> snake part? Uh, they yeah. believe in um, the um, this angel Metatron. Oh yeah, yes. they just yeah, they just made up this angel. I think it came from the Zohar, if I'm not mistaken. I think that, that uh, Rabbi Ben Yohai is the one that's uh, credited with it. And they have a day, a special day of the year that they uh, honor that guy. Like thousands of people come out in Israel and, and honor that guy. That and he's the one that credit is credited with coming up with the Zohar. And he wrote some stuff in the Talmud too. But if you actually start looking into the Zohar, they try to say for years, for for decades, that it was uh, this ancient book, but it wasn't. Now it's been found out that it was written in like 1300 by this, this Spanish Jew named, uh, oh, I think is, I want to say Moses de Leon maybe. Huh. So that's pretty interesting as well. Um, but uh, there's this one reformed rabbi, Michael Leitman, and he talks about the Holy Serpent as well. And he's a very popular rabbi, like he's got a lot of money behind him. And I found this speech he gave over somewhere in Israel. And he was saying in this speech, it's translated right there on the spot, that Jews came from another planet. They have been put here to basically um, save the world. And um, that uh, – it's just the craziest thing, man. I mean, it's like (laughs) – (laughs)
1: Again, not to go back to the Mormonism, but if you look at some of their old shit, I mean, they looked like there were people on a fucking spaceship... Sounds, yeah. like, yeah, sounds like
0: Mormonism, sounds like Galactic Federation. It's like yeah. the same story in like a different package. I'm honestly. sure
1: there's a Marvel fucking movie about that too. Something. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Transformers. <laughs> With me- is there? Isn't
1: there a Metatron in Transformers? I'm just, Megatron, oh, Meg- Megatron. Yes, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. back to Meg- you know, the Metatron, like he's supposed to be in, like the top angel or yes, whatever. Yes, especially in the Kabbalah.
1: That, yeah. if, you know the sphere at the top of the tree that's supposed to be Kether or God? There's, Mm -hmm. like, four different uh, spheres, I guess. You know, four different densities of that sphere. And, like, Metatron is the archangel right before you get to God. Like, he's, like, you know, right there. Like, he's, like, fucking top dog. Really, out of all archangels on the Kabbalah.
0: Mm.
2: That makes sense because a couple of the things I've read uh, looking into the Zohar, they equate him as being as high as God. So, it's, like, and and, you know, it's just crazy because, uh, you know, they just made this guy up in, like, the 1300s. So... But, yeah. you know, it's just, it's wild. I mean. Well, that makes um, me
0: think of, like, the idea, sorry to interrupt you, the idea no. of, like, the synagogue of Satan idea and, you know, maybe there is, like, two warring, like, bloodlines, perhaps, or, you know, that kind well, of thing.
2: I know um, Adam Green, you know, I heard him say on your show something about the, um, when people talk about the uh, the Khazars, the Khazarians, that that was bullshit. But um, I tend to believe there is something to it. And if for no other reason than if you look into DNA evidence that's come out in the last few years, Mm -hmm. they have figured out that the Ashkenazi bloodline of Jews, you have the Sephardic and the Ashkenazi, and the Ashkenazi make up most of the Jews in the United States. They actually don't, their their bloodline, at least 90% of it, doesn't trace back to the Middle East. It's Eastern European. So they're not the Jews from the biblical times. They're just not. So, And and there's pretty good evidence that they were the Khazars. And they make up about half of the Jews in Israel, and they are the ones who started Zionism, mostly. It was mostly the Ashkenazi. And I've heard
0: that, too, like in regards to the Holocaust, that if you look at the certain... Like that, maybe it was a certain bloodline that was targeted more so than just Jews in general.
2: It's really, I mean, there may be something, <laughs> uh,
0: something I heard. There may be <laughs>
2: something to that. Well, right? <laughs> after looking into the, you know, the this Zionist history and how heartless they were were towards their own people, you know, it was obvious that they only cared about getting into Palestine and having that state, and they didn't give a shit about those Jews who were dying and suffering. Uh. And, oh, and I'm leaving out something huge, too. So there was something called the Ha'avara Agreement. And there's a a Jewish author, Edwin Black. I think he's kind of a Zionist, but he wrote a book called The Transfer Agreement. And uh, so it's not just something that, you know, people like me are making up. They, the Zionists, made a deal with the Nazis because, I think it was 1933, there was a boycott on... German goods by the, the kind of the, the Jewish Zionists here in America and other places. Well, they decided, you know, at, at kind of like a an exchange. The Nazis, if they'll start encouraging people to get to Palestine, the Jews, they will stop the, the trade, you know, the, the trade block. And so they did. They made this agreement that lasted, I think, six years. And they were even like promoting and selling Nazi goods at one time, or German goods at one time, the Zionists. So there was an agreement there that you don't hear much about. And not only that, but uh, this one guy, Jabotinsky, he was from Russia. He was a Russian Jew. And he really looked up to Mussolini, who was obviously a fascist, (laughs) an Italian fascist. Mm -hmm. And um, he became friends with Mussolini and – Jabotinsky started this. I think it was called revisionist Zionism. So his version of Zionism was hardcore, no pretenses. We're not going to talk about a two-state solution. We want it all. (laughs) And and if you look back, even Theodore Herzl, the guy who started Zionism, and all the leaders at, at the beginning, they 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 weren't they didn't just want what is considered Israel now. They wanted the whole Levant. And they were open about that. You can find their writings about it. And that's what uh, Jabotinsky was about as well. But he actually, he had these guys, and they claim, I have read this in numerous reports, that he had this faction of Jews who were basically militant who trained at uh, Mussolini's, one of his bases, and they were trained by the fascists. They wore black shirts, Mm -hmm. like Hitler's brown shirts, and they even gave the Nazi salute. And they even well, called well, yeah. Jabotinsky, uh, I think they call him the Jewish Hitler. So <laughs> it's just wild how this stuff's been swept under the rug. And so there was kind of a, some of the Zionists were like Jabotinsky's too, you know, he's too out there. But then at the end, they ended up, he was buried in New York. They took his body to Israel and buried it in one of the most famous mountains there. So he's hell as a big hero now. Uh, but yeah, he was all about Mussolini and they were trying to work with the, um, they had petitioned the Nazis to try to have a faction that could live amongst the Nazis and even have a, a an army there of Jews, not supposedly to kill other Jews, but just to exist in Germany mm-hmm. among them. So <laughs> there's so much history that's been lost and, and just most people don't talk about it, and they're afraid to talk about any of it. Uh, Sounds
0: like a quest for a one-world government to me.
1: Yes, <laughs> so, you know. I find like, it funny that his yeah. name was Jabotinsky, and like we got fascist jabs going on right now. <laughs> <Hey>. That's right. <laughs> for well,
0: sure. Now hey. I remember too, like, you know, researching like Ashkenazi Jews and whatnot, and then it has the word Nazi in it.
2: Yeah, I. I, blew I, my like, mind.
0: Oh. <laughs> like, I honestly don't remember like where the word Nazi comes from, but I was like, "Damn!"
1: You know what's funny? I ha- and I was gonna bring this up. I have uh, I have this, and then I have a question I wanted to ask you, Admin. Uh Somebody, said, Jonah, did comment. He said, do, "Do you think Nazi equals National Socialism, or do you think Nazi equals National Zionism?" <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, there you go." <laughs> That's a a good question.
0: (laughs) You take the first two letters
1: from each word. It does spell Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that Uh, crazy? Now, in your (sighs) opinion, these people who kind of started this stuff or at the beginning, do you think, I know you mentioned before you didn't even think uh, really Mm. religious. Do you think that maybe um, a lot of them neither were occultists or just like this is a good business thing for us and really didn't care about the actual religion of the belief?
2: Um. Definitely first, I do believe. And I and, and because they couldn't get a lot of Jews to even come to Israel, in fact, once America and, and other places wouldn't take a lot of the Jews, they and, and you know, like I said, that in Palestine they really wanted the younger ones. So they were forced to go there a lot a lot of in a lot of circumstances, they had no other place to go. And so when they would get over there, they would First of all, tell them they have to fight the Arabs and they were arm them. If they didn't fight the Arabs, they would not have a place to live. They would not have a way to make money. They might even be flogged or, or locked away. So they immediately started kind of like militarizing the people that would come over there. But, uh, yeah, at first, I mean, you just read time and time again from various sources that there was the religious Jews didn't want anything to do with Zionism. They just did not believe in, you know, because really, I mean. They they just didn't believe in violence and in taking it.
0: Opposed to the faith, if you are practicing the faith correctly, Mm -hmm. right? It always reminds me of like the passage in Matthew twenty three, where Jesus goes off on the Pharisees and he's like, "Woe to you, scribes! Woe to you, Pharisees! You hypocrites!" And he calls them vipers, calls them serpents. I was like, (laughs) serpents. Jesus was on some mad shit there.
2: Well, that's. I'm. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I didn't want to leave this out. So, the more you look into the Talmud and the in, what the modern Jews kind of believe, especially these rabbinical Jews, they uh, and let me just say, my grandmother was Jewish. So, if anybody wants to get mad at me and say I'm, you know, this, that, or the other,
0: my I, uncle is. Too I loved my fun. grandma.
2: So, <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, they they are very open about how the Pharisees took over Judaism and all the Talmudic stuff comes from the Pharisees, the pharisaical branch these rabbis talk about this openly. If you read their, their writings and their conversations with one another. Um, So, you know, if you look at it, I mean, just who was against Jesus, the Pharisees, who would he talk to all the time and try to call them out on their shit? It was the Pharisees, you know? (laughs) And uh, so that's, I it says a lot. I mean, yeah. you know, you can say you don't believe in Jesus or any of that stuff, but that is, I mean, that's been documented about the Pharisees, you know, for over time. They, it's historical. They, it's not like, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> they kept yeah. their records, I mean, because they love th- themselves and what they say so much. They've been really good about keeping the records of the things that they've said over time.
0: Yeah, I just brought up the passage. It's just interesting. In the one of the verses, it says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I've longed to gather your children together, but you are not willing.
2: Mm, yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's one thing that, <laughs> right? one of the things that irks irks me is like, uh, you know, being a Christian, you know, I can't hardly even go to church anymore. Cause like these, these Christians honest, it's, it's just pathetic because like they'll, on one hand they'll, they'll, they'll do a sermon and they'll talk about how these Israelites turn their back on God time and time again. And then, They'll turn around and be like, "Well, you know, if you say anything about Israel, you are anti-Jewish. You know, you are mm-hmm. uh, an anti-Semite." And I'm like, "Wait a minute." So they were bad back in the day, <laughs> but now right. when the world's probably worse than it was then, you're saying they're good now, and we can, we have to blindly support everything they do, including the government and the corporations and the including banks. bombing and the,
0: people, it's fine. That part's yeah. fine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make sense, honestly. <laughs> hey,
1: you, again, I'll just take this back to Mormonism. That sounds like the Nephites and the Lamanites. One was bad originally, <laughs> then there was fights between both, and then the bad guys kind of won, technically, because they were considered the bad ones at first, and now they are all of a sudden the... Oh, they, they were the right ones now. <laughs> what the fuck? Isn't it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Because that leads right back to the Israelites, you know, because he obviously was obsessed with that kind of... Uh, or at least that's kind of where he got his whole idea for Mormonism was to spring it off that. It's, it's just unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, quickly, let me say, too, yeah. that there's a few instances, like people want to talk about, because we've been kind of like brainwashed to believe that Muslims are horrible and since the are on terror and all that, but uh, you know, there was a group of Jews called the Ergun, and they were this like militant organization and they were bombing and doing all kinds of horrible shit. Like, um, they, in like, um, Menachem Begin, who was one of the main Jewish, I think he was one of the first Jewish prime ministers. Not the very first. I think that was David Ben-Gurion, but he was in this Ergon, Ergon group. Um, and, and they, uh, so you had, um, Urgon, I think there's another one. Let me see if I can find it here, but, um, they, like these groups, people don't realize, but so after when the, when the bridge took over Palestine, you know, they didn't instantly give it to the Jews right away. Uh, there were 800,000 or more Palestinians living there. And so anyway, 2% Jews. And, um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, they were they were pissed at the British government because they wanted the British government to just give them everything they wanted, and so these groups like the Ergen they started doing stuff to the British government in retaliation. There was this plan to blow up the Parliament. They hired this um, this guy uh, who was a, a airplane pilot to help them to drop bombs on the British Parliament, and he. Had, he was not going to do it, but he decided, okay, I'll pretend like I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to go to the Brits and tell them, this is what they're going to do to you. And that's what he did. Um, <laughs> there is the the King David hotel bombing. They killed, I think, 90 some odd people. Oh, wow. Uh, you don't yeah. hear about that. There is, um, they bombed the USS Liberty, which is, you know, a U.S. warship that they... Sank, and you hear nothing about that. Wow, uh, it says, uh an
1: excuse to go to war, you know. There's, a, yeah, there's exactly. a reason, there's a, there's something behind that.
2: <laughs> For sure, you, you see, here, uh, Ergen, they launched a series of attacks which lasted until the founding of Israel. All told, Ergen attacks against Arab targets resulted in at least 250 50 Arab deaths during this period. The following is a list of attacks, and it tells you that there were around 60 operations altogether between the 1930s and 40s by those, by that one group. Uh, and you know, the, one of the leaders ended up being at the head of the Israeli government later on. So, you know,
0: well then, wow. Do
1: you think there's any ties between like Zionism and the Frankists?
2: You know, that's something I really want to get into, but I, I haven't looked into it enough. Um, I have looked a little bit into the V or Zabatize Zevi. Yeah. Sometimes they call him Shishabatai or whatever. But um, and he was like one of those, you know, the one of the Arabs that they. I mean, excuse me, one of the rabbis that they thought was a Messiah. And he was like very popular. Like they said that Jews from all over the world was coming to follow this guy. They were leaving. They're just like giving everything away to to come follow this guy. And he ended up turning around and supporting the Muslims yeah. in the end. <laughs> yeah. And they say that people like this guy so much, they, even though he joined the enemies, they refused to turn their back on him. And they say that he still has followers. Oh, so. Wow.
0: That's
2: where you get the Sabbateans, I think. But uh, I think they're similar to the Frankists, but I, I haven't read into Frankism enough to say much about it. You yeah,
1: know, they definitely have a... Fucked up uh, thing going on with them, too. Like,
2: yeah, if you look into sure. their,
1: like, their ideas and their doctrine, it's basically just, like, to demoralize the humanity. And they kind of yeah. usher in, like, a, I guess, an end <laughs> in, a, every, every, in, a, in a new beginning.
2: Yeah, um, you know, I talked about the, the uh, Rothschilds. Um, they paid for the Israeli Knesset. Uh, they paid for the legislative building. Uh, they paid for the National Library, um, the National Memorial Gardens right beside the Knesset. It, it's named after one of the Rothschilds. There's Rothschild Boulevard right through downtown Tel Aviv. There's numerous places named after different Rothschilds. Um, um, Rothschild uh, he the, the the first one to help I think he, I think that was Benjamin D Rothschild he was um, on their money um, he was on the 500 shekel on coins uh, there's places De, Zions I think it's called um, or Benjamin's pool is this beautiful fountain big fountain that's named after him or dedicated to him um, just numerous things that people aren't aware of. Uh, there's a place there that's named after his parents, and it's it's just crazy. Um, they they, I, I kind of feel like they figured out. Well, you know, we can start our own country. Basically, we can get rid of these Arabs, and we can uh, because there's there's talk about how they'll and they did this. They said, well, we'll before we really start to gather in the more wealthy Jews, we'll send the poor Jews over, and we'll teach them how to hunt or not hunt really, but a uh, plant and, and, and do gardens and different things like that. And then we'll build these, basically these common people who do all the hard work until there's a bit of a economy going there. And then we can bring in the more wealthy people. And so, and again, they, you know, they, they would not allow anybody who wasn't Jewish to work on any of the lands. So that's been another way that they've been able to really, <clears throat> capitalize on that and uh oh. and like in the I think it was the sixty sorry I don't have this in front of me, my notes are scattered, but uh I want to say sixty eight, when they had a war there, maybe it was sixty seven, um, they were not supposed to take more land. That was against the the laws. You're not allowed to take land, seize land anymore. That that was like from the world courts. It was an agreement all the countries agreed to that they would not seize land like they did back in the day and they did it anyway. So, uh, that's why a lot of people say that they, the land, it's not theirs because they got it, you know, uh, through the means of war and it was against international laws.
1: Yeah, I do have a question for you if you don't mind. Uh, sure. Uh, Ron Diggity had asked, uh, I guess, have you come across any connections between Zionism, the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, and the Priory of Zion? Of Zion, maybe?
2: Zion. Yeah. Uh, I haven't. I have read the Protocols a long time ago. I mean, it's, it's a lot, but I, I read it, but I haven't seen the, a connection between those two. I'd like to know more about, uh, was it the Priory of Zion? Is that what he said?
1: Yeah, that and the, uh, the Protocols of the Elders of Zion
2: yeah that's like a, a, a book or a set of writings that was supposed to be like the plans that the the Zionists or the Jews were going to do uh, to be able to take over the world and a lot of people say it was fake I, I assume it was fake but man if you start looking through it a lot of that stuff has happened and it's it's kind of like um, you know its like how, how do these people predict all this uh, and they also have, Uh, something called Tikam Olam. And that is what they believe is uh, the restoring of the world to make it right. That's just, I think that's a Jewish belief uh, throughout all the different sects. Uh, Of course you could, you know, you could say that that's a really good thing, or you could say that some kind of new world order, great reset type of stuff. Um, But he does go back to that one rabbi Leitman saying that they were from another planet sent here (laughs) to, To make things right in the world. And it was fucking Thor.
1: <laughs> and also I want to ask you, uh, just because I like, again, like I said, I don't know much about this. So, I mean, from what I I could be wrong, what I understand, Zionism is kind of something that came from the Jews, right? Yes. Was, or supposedly, yes. supposedly, supposedly, supposedly they were Jewish. We'll just mm. put it that way. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I've never understood, and maybe you can explain it for me better. Uh, how is your Christian Zionism? You know what well, I'm Because I would almost be like, yeah. well, like, like we're going with, like now you're not Christians. Really, wouldn't you be Jewish if you're going by Jewish beliefs? So I never understood how there's like, you know, that those two are mixed. I don't get that.
2: Yeah. So, well, you know, the early church fathers didn't believe in that. And if you look at Martin Luther, he's got a book called The Jews and Their Lies. <laughs> and so I'm not, I'm not saying I agree with all that. I'm not against all Jews or anything like that. I'm against the people in power, yeah, you know, yeah. trying to take over the world or take over a power that they shouldn't have. And that's, that's all I'm against. But, you know, obviously Martin, if Martin Luther didn't believe in that, where did this come from? And it came from the, um, like I said, the, um, Darby and, uh, Schofield. Uh, and, uh, there was another reverend, which I should have mentioned this earlier called, uh, Blackstone. I forget his first name. He was one of the early Christian Zionists. And so you've got, you know, Black Rock and Black Stone. Her sons' his name. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) I can't with this.
2: (laughs) So, you know, these guys were just, I mean, and it wasn't just that. They, uh, the Rothschilds and others started uh, getting into uh, these different uh, churches and different uh, uh, missionary schools. And so they were able to kind of plant this idea of basically defending Israel, no matter what at all costs in the minds of future generations. And that's been going on now since the late 1800s Zionists were behind it. And that's how you've got so many Christian Zionists. They, they believe that they're doing what's right under God just by, you know, protecting the Jews. That's what they believe. But, I guarantee you, even the ministers, most of them have no idea about any of this stuff we're talking about. They don't believe, it. they don't know what what these rabbis believe. And we've just touched the surface on crazy stuff like the Holy Serpent and stuff like that. I mean, there are some crazy beliefs. So, uh, I think they just good propaganda, dude. Good propaganda with millions and millions of dollars spent on perfecting it and spreading it around.
1: You know, it's you so mentioned that thing with the snake. That almost, I mean, do you. It reminds me of Moses and his story.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Which I mean, well, and not to—I'm not trying to knock whatever was in the Bible, but I did have somebody even say, "I think it's with the amount of people that were there." I mean, when he was holding up that snake, could the guy all the way in the back of all these people actually see that. You know, yeah. Saying? Like you would need a billboard for everybody there to actually see the snake in it. Right, yeah, yeah. So I just, you know, it's um, just weird again with the snake,
2: and it it is. And you know, obviously, the snake is a sign in some cultures of wisdom. You know, and I don't have a problem with that. You know, but um, it is kind of funny though that uh, you know, according to the biblical story, you know, God told because all these Jews were getting bit by snakes in the desert and they were dying, and God told uh, Moses to put the you know make a, a staff with a I think it was a copper snake on it, yeah. and uh, it would keep them from dying or whatever, getting sick. And uh, they began to worship that that picture, that that symbol. They began to worship that as a god. Mm. And so God chastises them. It's like, no, that mm. was meant to save you. That wasn't meant to be a god.
0: It was like I made know? that, duh.
2: <laughs> so, and you said it was made I of copper. I think that's what I've read. Yeah, a copper-looking kind of snake. Yeah,
1: that's interesting because that that does go with uh, the net sock sphere, and some people will look at that as kind of like maybe a, a l- illuminating or lucif you know Lucifer type thing. So it's mm-hmm. very yeah. interesting. Yikes. Yeah, you know, which people could mistake and worship instead. Yeah, so yeah, it's interesting.
0: I always wonder if like all this stuff goes as far back as like the garden story and even like back to like Cain and like Canaanites. Like I just, I think it always just goes right back to there, you know, in Mm -hmm. terms of like who the Pharisees were or like the synagogue of Satan idea, um, like Zionism, like, does it all really stem from like the same either bloodline or group or it's like an energy or a thought that certain people latch onto perhaps. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's where my mind goes with it, you know?
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know,
1: in your opinion, I mean, do you think, like, Zionists are pulling strings, like serious strings still now to this day? Uh, and absolutely. also, like, what's your thoughts? Because, like, I know a lot of people will say that Trump and, uh, like, Ron DeSantis are Zionist too, so I like your idea on that I, too.
2: I believe they have more power than we we're able Boy. to find out because there's, you know, they've been doing this now for a hundred and, probably 130, 40 years, they are, I would say, the dirtiest players in the game. Mm -hmm. They're smart as hell. They, I think if you just think about they are willing to win by any means necessary from everything I've read, that proves it to me. The ends justify the means. So I think they're absolutely, because think about it, they're 2%, about 2% of the population here in the United States are Jewish, okay? Now, if you look at the amount of Jews who have had important positions in government and who are influencers in all forms of media, um, you know, including the news and, and everything else, entertainment for sure, it, it's a very strange, I mean, it's a very strange percentage. It's disproportionate. Have, yeah, it's disproportionate. So, yeah, I think that the, we'll look at talk radio. I, I, I listened to Right Wing Talk Radio for years. And Michael Savage was Jewish. Um, let's see. Uh, Michael Medved's Jewish. Uh, Shapiro, of course, is Jewish. Uh, what's the guy um, that uh, he says he's a Christian, but he he's like uh, he's got this university. What is that guy's name? The gray hair and the glasses. Um, I'm forgetting his name now. But I I know that there's at least um oh oh, what was the one guy who was so influential like in the 80s and 90s with the website curated news Uh, no Rush talked about him all the time Uh, okay the uh something I think it was something report Mm, guys guys know know what I'm talking about um but anyway
1: not Levine is it
2: no Levine of course is Jewish there's another one he's very influential. (laughs) Uh, There's a bunch that are Jewish, you know, and, um, you know, I agree with some of the things they're saying, but they will not talk about anything that Israel's doing. Israel's always right. The the Muslims are always evil, you know. The the wars are always good. So it's like.
0: Well, and even like Edward Bernays, the quote, quote unquote father of propaganda is Jewish himself. Mm
2: hmm. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. I've got this whole list I've been going through and just, just looking at the names and seeing who was Jewish and who wasn't in, in government positions and media and stuff like that. I've got the longest, craziest list, and I should have put this up here, but um, I didn't really plan on talking about it. But, oh, is like, it Rappaport?
1: An- Sorry, somebody just – Rappaport. Was that the guy's name you were thinking of before? Uh,
2: no. Sorry. Gosh, <laughs> Sorry I to interrupt you. He somebody was like the – go- the Drudge Report, Matt Drudge. Oh, Matt Drudge okay. is Jewish. Sorry really? about I, I couldn't think of his name. <laughs> so, and, and the Drudge Report was so influential. In oh, that, I was going to say, that. that
1: was big when it first came out.
2: Yeah, so big. Um, so, it's like, it's kind of odd that they're all, that there's so many very influential guys like that in uh, talk, right-wing talk radio, and they won't, of course, say anything about Israel. oh, uh, like they might talk about some of the their fellow Jews here in the Democrat Party, but you know, even that they don't really talk too much about. So, you know, I think there's something there. Even if it's not an organized plan, I think it's just one of those things where we're not gonna say anything bad about our promised land, you know. And and when you know, let me say this to people too who are, and you think that I'm a horrible anti-Semite or something like that. We're talking about a government. We don't even trust our own government, so why would we trust the Israeli government? And we don't know who those people are. We don't know what they've done. We don't know what, you know who they're loyal to. We don't know what businesses they're invested in. And then you look at, I mean, Israel is they make money hand over fist just as a country on uh, their goods, their tourism. One of the richest countries to be that small, they're filthy rich, and we give them $3.8 billion of our tax money. They get about eight, eight, almost nine billion in loan guarantees from us. Oh. I'm sure they get other things. So, you know, we should be able to vote on their <laughs> in their elections, yeah, right? To give to them.
1: <laughs> Isn't I mean, it crazy how much. I mean, if we were to just turn that money around and donate it to our own country, you know how much fucking shit that would fix.
2: Uh, It'd be unreal. I mean, just the amount of money
1: that we sent to Ukraine. You know what we could have done for this country? Oh.
2: (laughs) I just saw like uh, 4.5 more billion was promised. I mean, we're getting into the. I don't know how much it's been now, dude. It's unbelievable. Where does it even
0: come from? Like, yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Where
0: the fuck does that money come from? Where's it going? Like. (laughs) <laughs> Gotta use it for so many other things, right? And, I mean,
1: mm-hmm. honestly, I don't even understand that whole fucking thing. I mean, not that I want to get into it much, but I mean, you have this thing that's like probably what the fucking size of Texas going against Russia, like, and you haven't <laughs> gotten demolished and turned into a Disneyland yet. Get the fuck out of here! Come on, yeah, doesn't right? take this long to do that. Yeah, yeah, and you still got like business dealings that you that you have still together. So, man, how fucking serious is this?
2: Exactly. <laughs> you know, I- you know, any this kind of figures in here. I saw, I think it was 2019 or 2020, there was a big business deal with, uh, with Ukraine, Ukrainian government and the Israeli government for a free trade agreement. It had a picture of um, Zelensky and Netanyahu together. And then if you look at, because we we're talking you know, a few minutes ago about, uh, do I think they still have power? Well, if you look in uh, Russia... There's a street named after Vladimir Putin in Russia. Uh, There's some kind of um, children's, like, uh, it's like this place where children go to do all these cool things. Like, uh, it's named after Vladimir Putin. There is, um, oh, uh, another thing I saw recently, too. We're talking about the Chabad group and that Rabbi Sneerson that uh, Ivanka and uh, Jared went to pray to the night before (laughs) the elections. So they, they saw that Rabbi Snearson, he was considered a, a uh, Messiah too. Uh, the Jews believe in two Messiahs. Uh, they didn't think Jesus was a Messiah, but they do believe in two Messiahs. And uh, they thought that he was a Messiah and he, you know, the, the Chabad sect there, they made some kind of deal with Putin and they moved the museum, the Chabad museum to Russia and that's a huge deal because the Chabad sector is so powerful. Um, so I thought that was shady too. Like I think hmm. I think these world leaders are bumping hammers, and I I think that they are they're fooling the people. Yeah, uh, I think that they are funneling money. I think it's a big money scheme, and you know the people, the average people, and these soldiers they send out to kill each other are the ones paying for it. And you know it, it, I think these wars are half of them. I think in modern day are just uh, used to get what they want, you know, because mm-hmm. they can get away with so much under the guise of war and they can get their, you know, their uh, their photo ops and their video ops. And it's just crazy, man.
1: Yeah, I really do think that whole shit over in Ukraine really is just, uh, I mean, when we co- covered the Azov Battalion, who again, like I said, is even big with sending us video footage of what's going on over there. You know, I've seen it on at least three different news stations that even when they're showing us the footage in the bottom, it says, you know, supplied by Azor or even it has their fucking website on there. But like, uh, you know, when we covered them, like they, they also recruit people from, I don't understand this. And I'm thinking maybe because it's like a traveling thing, uh, soccer players, they have like two different teams that they recruit from and they recruit like ultras that are, um, Pretty much like people that do like this outlandish choreographed stuff at soccer games. It would almost be like, um, fuck, what are those things here where it's like you could be walking in the middle of like, you know, town square and all of a sudden everybody starts fucking doing something together.
0: Or like a flash.
1: Yeah, 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 like almost <laughs> like shit like that. And it's like, are you recruiting them so they can do all the bullshit fucking choreographed stuff in the streets we're seeing that's supposedly going on. Like, why are you recruiting mm-hmm. people like that for Azov Battalion?
0: Like, yeah. <laughs>
1: like, what does that have to do with them being qualified to battle? Probably nothing. It's the yeah, propaganda yeah. piece that we need to see them doing.
2: Right. It's fucking weird. I, I never thought I would, you know, we would come to the point where, so quickly, where... It all people like us who didn't agree with the Democrats were constantly called Nazis and stuff like that to the Democrats defending Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it happened so quick. It's like
0: some serious social engineering. Yeah.
2: yeah sure. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I watched, um, I think it was, uh, either Vox or time. It was a documentary about Azov and that whole thing from like 2019, and they had this festival where they were recruiting these guys, and this looked like freaking uh, Lollapalooza or something like that. I mean, it looked fun, but, like, they were recruiting these Azov type of battalion guys. And, um, of course, the, the documentary was making it look horrible, but, you know, now they probably would be like, oh, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: What was that? Um, There was something you had sent me and told me to watch, and I watched it. Was that the one with Stone, that Stone did? That uh, documentary? Wasn't there a documentary about the stuff going on over Oh, here? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where I Yeah, and I,
2: I wonder about um, Oliver Stone. I've always kind of wondered about him, yeah. you know, and his son's a little, I'm like a little suspicious of him, too, Sean. But, uh, you know, I can't really disagree with most of the stuff the documentaries on uh, Russia and Ukraine said, because it's you can prove it. I mean, you know, and, and I, I, don't trust Putin. I, I've said that outright. I mean, I feel kind of like these guys are, or like we were saying a few minutes ago, I feel kind of like it's a charade and they're kind of like just the faces of it, you know, trying to pretend like they hate each other. And, totally. you know, I mean <laughs> the Democrats were fine with Vladimir Putin, uh, you know, when, um, the, in at least in under uh, Obama's first term, uh, Hillary and Bill, you know they were taking money from the Russians. She was meeting with Putin. Uh, they did their Uranium One deal. Uh, the Clintons were in on this deal with Russia to create their version of the uh, Silicon Valley over in Russia. They had this big deal, all these tech companies, it was going to be the Russian Silicon Valley. and uh, the State Department freaked out. They were like, what the hell you can't be doing that? They're not exactly our allies. So, they liked Mm. the Russians back then, you know, but now, (laughs) most evil people in the world.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're back to uh, the Cold War again.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I found that so weird when all that happened. It was like trying to re-trigger, like, people's subconscious from the 80s and 90s. It was like, yeah. okay, we're back to the Soviets are bad. Yeah, yeah, like, the
1: Soviets are bad. We got monkeypox instead of AIDS. I know, AIDS, AIDS is bad.
0: Jeez, yeah. like, what <laughs> year is fuck. it, man? Like, it's
1: a time warp. Yeah, but I think wow. I said that recently. It's like they took the 70s and 80s, the Cold War. I mean, the Cold yeah. War, I guess, was still going on, and then AIDS, and they just smushed it together right now.
0: Just like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> what the fuck? Deja is vu, up? Time. What is going
2: on? Yeah, we happen to be young enough to where we remember that shit.
0: Jump timelines, <laughs>
2: honestly. <laughs> and the older people, I think that, uh, at least the older people, I'm not a spring chicken, but people older than me, you know, who really remember that shit well, it, like you said, it triggered something in them. Because totally. you see people on Twitter and they're like all about exposing this, you know, the, the, the official narrative on the, and all kinds of shit. But then when the whole Russia-Ukraine thing Happened, it was kind of like they went back to hating Russia immediately. And I'm like, yeah, it's like
0: you, you question all this other stuff. Yeah, it's like their subconscious got triggered. There was no Russian vodka in the liquor store here <laughs> in Ontario. I'm like, are you guys for real? How is that going to stop anything? Just oh they man, took the vodka. Out. Sense, yeah, they took like for a time. I don't know if it's still like that. Oh, or you know what's drink, funny? So. I think uh,
1: odd man. Maybe I could be wrong, but like, wasn't there countries and maybe ours that actually boycotted and said they won't receive certain shit from yeah. Russia anymore yeah. either? Right? And I think vodka yeah. was one of them.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think it was.
1: It, that, made me rem- that, that made me think of uh, that movie Scrooged when his old boss comes in and he's like, you're a hallucination brought on by poison vodka by Chernobyl or some shit like that. <laughs> poison Russian vodka. Honestly. Yeah, we can't oh, take yeah. it now. It has Chernobyl in it.
2: <laughs> and for us to do that after all the shit we've done during the war on terror, can you imagine if if countries right? held you know us to that standard? I mean, not us. We didn't have anything to do with it. But you well, know America, I mean? yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, It's like, I don't know, people have such a short attention span, it's it's really scary.
0: Yes, <laughs> they bank <laughs> on that for sure, you know? Definitely. Oh, yeah. Is yeah.
1: mm-hmm. there anything else that you would like to uh, cover, Odd Man? I mean, we're getting like, you know, kind of already past the hour.
2: Uh, if there's anything I'm else sure you want to there- go
1: for it. Or not we can always I'm come sure back there this.
2: probably is uh there's all kinds of stuff I promise if if we talk about this again I'll have my notes all together oh, better right. I have so much information that I'm having pr- a problem really putting it in the in an order but it's a um, huge topic for oh, sure it really you know? yeah, yeah it really, uh, it really is mm-hmm. uh yeah so I just uh, if, if anybody's interested in this um well check I out check out your
1: show you've already dropped 3 you you're gonna be dropping three you already have two now the third one tonight you said right Yes, absolutely,
2: yeah. and uh, thank you for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'll just show a couple of books that I think that for starters, let me. See, the hidden history of Zionism. It's a short book, but if you really want to get, like this guy's got everything documented. So, really good book to uh, take you like a day and a half if you really got the time. Like to you know, like for a, a few hours, you can read the whole thing.
1: Or you could do it like you do. Just, you, you listen to it on an app.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or oh, get it like this. Uh, <laughs> I can't we, get this. There we go. Good. Right there. Against our better judgment. Yeah. Really good. And that lady's got a website. It's called org. I think. And um, one more. Sounds good. Now, this is the uh, Israeli professor who passed away a few years ago, but I told you he spent his whole life kind of fighting this stuff. And um, he's got some great books. But this one its called uh, Jewish Fundamentalism in Israel. Mm. And, uh, yeah, he – I mean, it's, it's so good, man, because you don't even have to spend that m- much time reading to realize, holy crap, this stuff's been documented, and it's so obvious that there's some really bad things going on, but we just don't hear about it here. So – and they and like there's other a lot of these the information I've I've got to do the series were from Jewish authors, mm-hmm. and they just say that they're self-hating Jews. That's what they get called. Oh wow! So, mm-hmm. like there's a uh, the Holocaust industry is another book by uh, Norman Finkelstein. I think he's from New York. He's Jewish, obviously, and he wrote all about how all these Jewish organizations were profiting off of the Holocaust mm-hmm. wrongly by, you know, exploiting and manipulating it. And a lot of the Jews who did come from Germany weren't getting the help they deserved and were promised by these organizations. These organizations were keeping the money and stuff like that. So, yeah, Hmm. there's some good stuff out there. You just have to look for it.
0: Yeah, there's a a Canadian Jewish uh, psychologist, probably a lot of people are familiar with his name, Gabor Matei. He's, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen his videos. He, um was a baby in World War Two, but he's talked about how he was formerly Zionist and why he's not anymore. Oh, cool. Yeah, so his videos are pretty cool if anyone wants to check them out on online. Nice. Awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: Sounds good. Uh, yeah, well, thank you, Oddman, for coming on. Like I said, this is a topic that I really don't know much about myself. So uh, right. I could definitely have you on again. Like I even said, maybe we could do like a series on the occult rejects since you're going to have plenty of uh, your own episodes still coming out.
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I'm gonna, the, the the show that drops tonight is just a lot of information about the Rothschilds in Israel. And uh, I do get into some other things as well. But then probably the next one will be more about these uh, those groups that I told you about uh, that kind of touched on that uh, committed different uh, terrorist acts. Uh, and also the massacres that basically right after, once the Jews got settled there, uh, they started uh, trying, you know, taking more lands and they would pull these massacres on these arabs sleeping in tents in the middle of the night i mean it's it's pretty horrible stuff um but uh, we'll talk about that a little bit because i think that stuff needs to be exposed uh one of the leaders of that massacre ended up leading the israeli government later on too so or the Yin massacre that one specific one so anyway Thank you for having me. It's been yeah, awesome, man. And awesome I hope mom, that I wasn't you. too scatterbrained. Oh, <laughs> uh...
0: wow, it was really interesting.
1: Thank you. Yeah, You're no, yeah, for thank sure. You. And, uh, but yeah, the people listening right now on The lives if you liked it, I would definitely suggest to go over to his show and check out the other stuff. Uh, by the time this drops on my actual podcast, it might be like uh, six or seven weeks from now. So I suggest that you actually, I'm sure he'll have more than three parts by then. Definitely go check out his show. I think you said you might end up being like six or seven parts, right?
2: Yeah, it's definitely going to be for yeah, sure. So
1: definitely uh, people listening, if you found this interesting, go over to his channel and I'm sure you'll find a, a shit ton more than what he just covered on here. Um, thank you again. Like I said, ah, man, I man, I thank you for whenever you come on. It's always great. It's always a ton of information. And, uh, you know, I always appreciate what you can bring to my show. So just thank you for coming on regardless. Um thank you Teresa for coming on and joining as well, you know. At least to get another perspective or different questions that I would normally ask. Thank you very much. A great host. Thanks for
0: having me. <laughs> um
1: yeah, uh Oddman, do you want to plug your show one more time just in case people didn't hear it at the beginning?
2: Yeah, thank you, man. Uh it's The Oddcast. It, it, it's The Oddcast FT The Odd Man Out featuring. Uh but if you want to just go to the that's the show. And underscore the odd man out on Twitter or Instagram.
1: Yeah, I think I have right now in the show notes. I have your Podbean. I think you have a, you have a Linktree, right, or a
2: website. Uh, the Linktree. I got kicked off Linktree. They oh, said so that no I good. <laughs> violated the terms of service. I'm like, how in the world do you violate? They don't got like girls links. <laughs> with nothing but links to show their buttholes, and I can't. Have <laughs> it. I don't understand. <laughs> it was just my my social media links that's all it was gosh <laughs>
1: that's so true though yeah. it's a funny way to put it
2: fucking but showing the buttholes, buttholes but can't talk about that
0: controversial thought content
1: yeah uh, holy shit <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess uh, I do have his links in there. If you don't click on the link tree, it's no good. I'll have to take that out. Um, but Mm -hmm. yeah, his notes are already in the bottom. Uh, Teresa, uh, would you like to plug your show real quick
0: before? Yeah, so people can check out Spiritual Gangsters with you and me (laughs) on uh, YouTube, Apple, Spotify. I think you have my link tree there. I think so. Yeah. So yeah, and come check me on Instagram. Let's be friends on there too. Right?
1: (laughs) Sounds good. Awesome, so yeah, so thank you both for jumping on And uh, that is the end of another NY Patriot episode uh, Yeah, the next live I will be doing I think will be uh, Friday morning We got Roberta Glass coming on Covering Nixon for Freaky Fridays So everybody check that out And again, like I said uh, Go check out Odd Man's stuff if you like this I'm sure the three episodes he covered Are much more in detail than what he just did here. I mean, just going by the time that he spent So go check that out. And uh, yeah, until the next one, everybody be well. Later.